0: number is 83 3311 and uh, I'll be reading out any texts and WhatsApps that come in throughout the evening and a reminder that the Sports Star of the Month nominations is open for January and that is with thanks to the Talbot Hotel in Clonmel so if you feel any uh, Tipperary sports person has been particularly uh, performing well over the course of January you can send your nominations to Star at tipfm.com So we're going to start with hurling this evening and as I mentioned Tipperary got their first win of 2024 in the Munster Hurling League this was in Nina yesterday, where Tipperary defeated a Kerry one twenty-eight to one fourteen. Was the final score? And after the full-time whistle, I spoke to Tip manager Lean Cal.
1: Um, sir Paul, some some good and some not so good. Uh, good workout overall. Happy enough with with a um, number of players again that are new, I suppose, to the to the squad and new to the to Tipperary public in a Tip jersey. So uh, plenty of plenty of lads putting their hand up saying you no. Know, Let's let's try and make this panel for the end, of the end of January and keep on into the league. So heavy day on the legs, all right. You know, th- this time of the year we trained well, trained heavy during the week. So th- probably uh, as a result early on today we, we we struggled. I suppose with our energy and that's that's to be understandable when when you're training heavy forty eight hours before you play a, a competitive game like that. But. But um, yeah, happy happy overall that again we're we're seeing options come to the fore.
0: Yeah, one of one of the options that you've been trying the last couple of games is Conor Bow at wing back, and he's been impressive in the two games so far. Just the, the thinking behind that, and what, what you've made of him in in that position as a, a new position for him at the, at the intercounty level, anyway.
1: Yeah, look, um, um, Conor Bow is, is a really good hurler. Uh, first and foremost, he's he's a really good sticks man, a, a fine athlete, well able to get up and down the field, and. Um, you know, it's it, it's nice. It's it's nice to go back there facing the ball for a change too with fresh and fresh freshen guys up and um, he has lots of lots of capabilities of playing in several positions. You know, he can play center field, half hour line and I think he's worked extremely hard around his um his, his fitness and his physicality as well. So, you know, two matches today he's done exceptionally well. He's given us plenty of options and uh, you know, long may it last. I hope I hope it continues, but uh, it's good for him and I'm delighted to see him back in good form.
0: Yeah, and uh, you've had used a lot of bodies the last couple of days. You have mentioned uh, uh, mentioned the last time talking to you about kind of whittling down a squad is going to be hard because a lot yeah. of lads have made debuts and impressed and things like that. When did you think that will have to happen? Obviously, before the league at some stage, but will it be before the, the Dylan Quirk uh, game or when do you think it'll kind of be naming that squad?
1: Yeah, look, in fairness, we have great support from... from um, from the county board and, and and great support from all the stakeholders behind us that are, are I supposed driving the the model to fuel an inter-county uh, high-performance environment. So there's no real squeeze coming on from that regard. Um, but look, when you're in a, when you, when panels are big, it it is difficult for players to, to to get their heads around. You know, am I in in Cahill's plans or not? So there will be a cut bed to the panelise. You know, early February. Uh, not sure it'll be fully before the first round of the league or that, but we'll start. we we'll be start putting shape on it over over the next fortnight to three weeks, and and really honing in on what we're going after throughout the league and and into the championship. But um, yeah, again, I said I said earlier to um to uh to other to other people, um other media outlets that that uh, we have a senior senior panel. We had a senior panel, development panel running in parallel there with our senior team for the last couple of weeks um, and uh, and done a lot of work behind the scenes there with fellas from you know between the age bracket of 20, 21 and 23, 4 years of age that that have got a taste of what we're looking for and might not necessarily be this year or could be next year before they'll, they'll, they'll break into our plans but we're trying to keep everybody with potential engaged and make sure that we give everybody the opportunity to, to, to offer something to Tipperary but, but very conscious that we have to concentrate on our core group now from from the first round of the league onwards, and, and we'll be doing that to make sure that we're in the shape required to to go after the league and and, and ultimately be ready for the first round of the Munster Championship.
0: Hmm. Tipperary senior hurling manager Liam Cal there speaking to myself after yesterday's one twenty eight one fourteen win over Kerry in the Munster Hurling League. To look back on that game, I'm joined on the line by the man who was joining me on co-commentary yesterday. It is Ken Hogan. Ken, you're welcome to the show. Hi, hey Paul. Good, Ken. Now we're uh, just after hearing from from Liam Cal there and he kind of spoke about um, maybe the the look to the future of this team and um, Tip have tried 32 players over the first two rounds of, of the Munster League. So there's definitely an emphasis on getting game time into as many lads as possible at the start of the season.
2: Yeah, and we haven't seen a lot of the established players and I think it's only right that the Monster League be used to give every player an opportunity Um uh, obviously, it was pretty competitive against Waterford um, for long stages of the game, and Tip made a great comeback. Yesterday was a totally different game. And the fact that uh, coming in, watching the warm up, this was a big game for Kerry. Like, I mean, they're getting great preparation for the, the National League, and to come up to play, uh, you know, an established team like Tipperary and Nina, it was an exciting game and an exciting day for them. So they were giving their best shot and probably playing. Probably near their best team, so from that perspective, I think uh, uh, it was an added coach's day yesterday. Uh, obviously, changes had to be rolled, um, but as you mentioned, there already some positive points, particularly uh, you know with some of some of the major players.
0: Yeah, and um, I suppose on on the on the front of things, like it was a dead rubber game, but in terms of for management, games like that at this time of the year, it was a chance to see kind of new players, and uh, you know try lads in different positions and things like that so who are the kind of standouts for you uh over the course of even just the Kerry game and the Watford game as well
2: yeah well the the standout player really is Conor Bowe um without you know and Conor is there I mean on merit we know he has pedigree and we know he can play you know so um obviously a new position for much as at wing back it sort of reminds me of Paul Kelly when Paul Kelly went back to to play at half back. You know, he had a new lease of life and became a dual all-star and an all middle medal winner uh, because of that. Now, Connor Bow has that opportunity. Barry Heffern, excellent in the first half. Um, big thing for Barry, I suppose, is that he looked super fit. uh, looked really up for it after his cruciate ligaments, which had caused him a lot of bother and, and illness last year. So he looks to have, you know, uh, a newfound hunger and enthusiasm and he's getting a break at last. So, that's an option for his Paul, you know, between Bow and Heffernan because Barry, to me, would be an established backman, man, halfback, and even at fullback in 19. So it could release Connor Bow for the middle of the field because he is an unbelievable engine and uh, it means he can, cover, he can cover the ground as we saw yesterday, Paul, and can strike from both sides and delivers great balls to the forward line. So Connor Bow has a lot to contribute, hopefully, but i not blowing up his you know, his future from the of view of where he's going to play or anything like that, he knows he's a good fella, so he knows he he obviously has to, uh, like every other player, uh, get into the championship fray and and play at championship level to to really establish himself. So, the Barry Heffernan situation, Sean Kennelly...
0: Just about asking, yeah, Sean Kennelly making his first start.
2: Yeah, the the crowd responded to him in a big way. I suppose... um, really because of the fact that every ball that went in, he won it cleanly. And that's, that's a great trait in a forward, Paul. If you can win the ball, you know, and he doesn't have to put his hurry to it. You know, if the ball flies in, he says go low, take take the ball in his hand, turn at the same time. Great cuteness, create the goal as well, you know, for the penalty yeah. with a brilliant run as well. So um, Sean Kennedy was a definite plus for me yesterday. Obviously, it's the early days yet. But again, you know, there's a lot of things going to happen now in the next couple of weeks. Fitzgibbon is starting in the next couple of days as well. Um, I'm sure the management will be, you know, all over the country watching the form in Fitzgibbon. It's going to be cold, but that's Fitzgibbon weather for you. Um, And it's going to see you know you're going to see a lot of established uh, Tipperary players playing at top level. So um, Liam will probably sit down, you know, to decide. You mentioned there about giving players opportunities. You know, we, we haven't seen a few players yet maybe through injury or, or availability or whatever, but uh, the key thing is to get that back line. I keep repeating myself, Mike Sabreen, very good the last day. Brian McGrath, outstanding I suppose, against Clare. the first on the championship last year, wing back, and then obviously was curtailed with, with a hamstring problem and, and obviously um, a punctured lung. So, mm-hmm. you'd like to see Brian McGrath coming to the fore again because he has the talent, he has the pedigree. Position-wise, we don't know, but needs need to establish themselves in the league. I think last year was very promising and, and the, the first rounds of the championship were very good. But as you well know, it's down to the fact of having 25 players that will play Sunday after Sunday, come in, come out and be up to you know what's required at, at Munster championship level.
0: Yeah, and even when I was speaking to Liam Cal there, I was asking him about kind of narrowing down the squad and he mentioned that they've done heavy training and there's a development squad in there at the minute as well so they're really kind of focusing on um, getting as many bodies and seeing as many players as possible but as I mentioned they've played 32 players in the opening two games and as you said there we we haven't seen the likes of Ronan Maher or uh, Noel McGrath and uh, John McGrath these lads the more established players uh, on the team Uh, Jake Morris another one we haven't seen so far this year so there's a lot more players to be added to that 32 but of course, you're going to have to make a squad for the narrow down a squad for the national league. So, as a former manager yourself, Ken, how how difficult is that as a as an inter county manager narrowing a, down a panel after kind of lads have been training for for two or three months at this stage?
2: Well, this is the unpretty time of the year, Paul. To be very honest about it, um, you know, a hard probably couple of months done. You know, as regards building up players, um, trying to you know survive injuries as well, that nobody gets any major injuries, get everybody up fit and running. There was question marks last year at the end, tail end of the year, had players gone stale, had they gone out of form, was the, was, had we put too much into the earlier stages of of the year? Mm. Um, and as you know, Limerick hit a bump last year as well after winning the league because they had gone wholesale out to win the league, beating Tipperary in the semi-final and beating um, Kilkenny in the final and then they hit a, bleep, a blip because of the fact that, that they probably went a bit stale themselves and were very lucky to survive and then came good at the end. So I think Liam will be conscious of the fact that you mentioned a number of players there that he won't have a situation where he's going to overuse them and that they will come into the championship hungry, fresh, and ready to sustain a full a full championship season. That's that's the big thing. But this is the unpretty time of the year, Paul, because of the fact that You have to try these games. You have to play these games. Challenge game again next weekend. And, of course, the Dillon Work Foundation game against Limerick, which, as I said yesterday, like, people, Limerick won't be a challenge game. That will be really competitive. I think Liam will find out a lot on that day as well.
0: Yeah, that match is on uh, January the 28th. Uh, so Sunday, two weeks at 2pm in Semple Stadium. Uh, that's uh, their first game or their next game. And then the first game of the league is on Saturday the 3rd up in Parnell Park against Dublin. So that's what's uh, to come for the uh, Tipperary Senior Hurlers. Before I let you go, Ken, there's uh, two things I want to bring up. Just uh, the Hardy Cup is definitely worth mentioning. and Nina CBS and Thurles CBS both into semi-finals, And next Saturday, they're both going to be playing uh, Thurlis taking on Ard Skull-Reach that game is on in Kilmallock at half past 12 next Saturday then at 2 o'clock uh, next Saturday Nina CBS take on Charleville in Cappamore. but this is uh, kind of two years in a row now we've seen uh, two Tipperary teams reach the latter stages of the Harty Cup and it's always a good sign Ken when, the, when there's Tipperary teams competing at the latter stages of, of this competition Absolutely
2: it's a really great sign and we had a great Harty Cup final last year Turles obviously have a huge tradition in Hartley Cup. Probably have been disappointed in the fact of the silverware has been missing in the last number of years with very promising teams. To be fair to them, this year they've come through a very tough group. They're on the tough side of the draw. And again, a big game against our Skull Rich. Nina, you know, being team, team, team Ryan Cup champions as well. Uh, a brilliant spread of players, you know, uh, from a lot of clubs in, in North Tip and beyond, and it's absolutely brilliant. And of course, they take on Charleville, who uh, had a very fancy Middleton team. So it's all up to play for. Wouldn't it be fantastic to see an honorary final again? But again, there's two big, tough tests at the weekend. But um, really healthy, really healthy sign of the underage Uh, system in tip at the moment
0: yeah no it's really great to see and finally Ken before I let you go uh, one of the best games we done last year was Tipperary versus Cork down in Parky Cueve but in the last kind of couple of moments time it's come out that uh, Parky Cueve and Cork GA have announced a a naming rights deal for Parky Cueve so it's now going to be called Super Value Park so I'm not sure what you you think of that but it just doesn't sound right saying uh, Super Value Park it'll never be, it will
2: uh, I suppose from the from from the, I suppose corporate point of view, it's super value pair, but it will never be <laughs> from our <laughs> point of view, Paul. I don't think we'll be ever mentioned. It'll be all as Parker keep to us. Um, uh, he was a fa- uh, you know, a, a farmer uh, general of the GA, you know. Um, so and our store So I think it'll be all as Parker keep to us. Super value is super value, and whatever else is involved with any, any of the teams. But as we well know, um, I think Parker Key will, will, will remain in the list of everybody still.
0: Yeah, I don't think uh, Super Value Park is going to be rolling off the uh, the tongue quite as easy. But, uh, Ken, thanks a million for joining us and uh, we will catch up soon. Good talk. That was uh, Ken Hogan there joining us to look back on the Tipperary Senior Hurlers win but the Tipperary Senior Footballers also had a big win over the weekend their first of the year and their first under the new manager Paul Kelly and uh, it was Tipperary one eleven 11 to Limerick's 10 points down in Temple He and uh, Anthony Shelley was there watching it and he joins me on the line now Anthony you're welcome to the show yeah, thanks, Bob. Yeah, and a great result, Anthony. On on the face of things, a one eleven to ten point win. Tipperary led from from whistle to whistle, led from the start, and uh, obviously won by four points at the end. Just your overall um, reaction to the game? How did you? Uh, what did you make a tip uh, yesterday in Temple Twoey? Yeah, look, it was
3: a positive result and a badly needed result. Um, I think I read somewhere today, with the exception of Waterford, we we hadn't actually won a game. Since we beat London in twenty twenty two, so. Um, any any, any when when you're in a run like pass that, that is welcome um what what I what I liked about yesterday was um we seemed to be going with a more uh, offensive attacking sort of mindset this year rather than um trying to commit behind the ball and um I think we we were all the better for it uh, look you know you won't get carried away as they say one pheasant never made an autumn awesome, but um, they um you won't get carried away with a Grand Cup winning in uh, in the middle of January but uh, yeah, it's a welcome result and um, an awful lot of positives to take from yesterday as
0: well. Yeah, and like, Tipper still kind of playing without a lot of names that would have featured <laughs> last year and, you know Connor Sweeney, Mark Russell, Stephen Cork these are all lads that are uh, injured at the minute and then of course the likes of Kevin Fahey and Coleman Kendi and these fellas that aren't part of the panel Lee McGrath this year as well um, and uh, Michael O'Reilly as well so there's, there's a lot of new faces in there um, and one of them was Luke Shanahan and we, we all know Luke from his uh, exploits with, with Upper Church in the last couple of years and the tip under 20 hurlers but he's a fine footballer as well and he marked his debut with a goal what did you make of uh, his overall overall performance?
3: Yeah, Luke, Luke, Luke came on in the second half and uh, as you expect from a player of Luke's quality, uh, he he was impressive enough. Uh, he bounced and uh, the goal was, well, from Luke's point of view, it was, it, it was a tap in, but I mean, he, he was alert to Michael Barlow, I think it was, took, took a shot and came back off the post and Luke reacted first, first to it to hit it into the net. But overall, I think he got a point after that from a free as well. But yeah, overall, he, he had a a very positive contribution to the game when he came on and can be happy with his 20 minutes or 25 minutes work that
0: he got. Yeah, and another person who had to come on uh, was uh, the sub-goalkeeper. So uh, Evan Comerford started the game. I believe he scored two points from uh, long-range freezes something we see from uh, Evan plenty of times before. But uh, he got some sort of injury and was replaced by by Jack Rogers, who is, of course club is, is Nace and he's got parents from Cashel I believe as well so that was an interesting um, kind of incident there. What happened with Evan Comerford and uh, is it something serious or, or what can we expect going forward?
3: It's hard to know. Um, Evan went off after maybe 10 or 15 minutes as you said he had, he had kicked the 45 and a free from around the 45 metre line as well and uh, just seems to be after a kick out maybe he kicked the grind or something like that. Definitely wasn't a, a contact clash or anything like that uh balls at the other end, and we've seen it. We looked around, everyone was on the ground, and the, the physio was running in for him, and he came off down. So, so Jack came on and was interested to get the first look at him, and you know what? He he did fine. He kept the kick it nice and simple. If it was on, he gave it. Uh, he didn't try anything heroic, and there was one very dangerous ball that went in in the second half, and he dealt dealt, dealt with it well. So, yeah, he, he, another man that will be happy with it. With his debut, but uh, as to the extent of Evans' injury, I just don't know. You'd be hoping that he'd be back in time for the in time for the league. That it's just a tweak and maybe taking off as a precaution But well, there's, there's no more than that during the week.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. The the league is only around the corner, really. Uh, January twenty seventh, so uh, Saturday, two weeks down in in Semple Stadium against Carlo. Tip Division four this year, Anthony. Um, a lot of new faces, as we mentioned, a particularly young squad at the minute there as well. So. What is a realistic goal for for Tip for the League this year?
1: I
3: suppose, you know, um, well, the, the goal would be to come out of Division 4. I mean, we generally like we've been you're, you're up, you're, you're up and down between Division 3 and Division 4, and each time we went down to Division 4, we've normally come out of it fairly quickly, but we've always had an experienced squad that will get us out. This year is a little bit different. It's it, you mentioned four players there that won't be available to us this year, nearly professional starters. So that will that will probably put four new faces into the squad straight away. So um, I'd be happy with um, while Paul Kelly and his management team be looking for promotion. I'd be happy if we were just pushing for promotion this year, and, and maybe um, maybe get the, when everybody's settling in, maybe get get out of it next year. That's what that's what I'd be happy with. Uh, I'd be more worried about the championship, Paul, because we could actually get to a Munster final. Um, we're playing Waterford in the first round, and Clare, who seem to be have lost a lot of bears as well, since Colin Collins has stepped away, and we could find ourselves by default in a Munster final, which would actually cut us into the Sam Maguire. And uh, you know, we're not at that level yet, and that that would be um, that could that could be a setback. You know, you could take heavy beating than that. So I would take the league. The league of championship this year for us, see where we go, and uh, hopefully, you know, get a, get a run. The, we end up in the Talent Cup and get a decent run on that. That would be the, the aims for the year for this year. And uh, I would see, you know, you have to be fair to Paul Kelly and his management team. Uh, and they were late to the party as well, they were very late appointed, so they would find themselves maybe six or eight weeks back behind in the preparations. So um, I'd be looking at judging them
0: more next year than, than anything that goes on this year. Yeah, so it's uh, it's off to a, a positive start anyway with that win over Limerick, so momentum is building towards the started league and uh, we hope we can have a successful league campaign and we shall go from there, but Anthony Shelley, thanks for joining us on the show. Yeah, no problem, Paul. Great to talk to Anthony Shelley there, and we also uh, have audio now from Paul Kelly, the new tip senior football manager after the game down in Temple 2 yesterday, he spoke to Paul Jenkins.
4: Yeah, look, um the performance is the key thing and the wind comes out of that, please God, like you know, but um I was very happy with the um aspects of how we dug ourselves in there in that last 15-20 minutes like after the first half, a little bit wasteful. Um but we did put in a good performance defensively. There was a good structure there. Um probably as I say, a little bit wasteful in the in, in, in the forward line. Um but lots to improve on, like you know. And again, it's only a pre-season match. We've got a good few lads running out. Very young teams, 16 or 17 clubs in, in the 26 represented. Um, and the boys expressed themselves and used their heads in that last 10-15 minutes, like, which is what you can ask for them. Like, you know?
3: Evan Comerford got two brilliant 45s and then a far- unfortunately had to go off the field. Yeah, could you give us yeah, an update on him?
4: Yeah, look, we'll know more. I'm probably wait right tomorrow. And um, when we when we look and see where he's at tomorrow, um, hopefully it's nothing too serious. Um, but uh, like it was a great start by 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 Evan, and and uh, I think we'd have to take our hats off to Jack. Not an easy thing to come in and make your inter-county debut, um, you know, in the middle of a game. And uh, I thought he did really really well. Other positives that you took away from today's game? Um, look, I think uh, defensively we improved. Um, the athleticism that we showed. We were five, six, seven weeks behind. Uh, where I think we'd like, I'd like to be from an SNC and athletic performance perspective. So it was nice to see the lads continuing on into that last seventy other seventy-eight minutes or whatever. Um, so I thought the honesty in terms of putting their bodies in the line had to be respected, and I thought we showed some guile, um, you know, pushing forward in some the type of football that I want to embrace or I'd like the lads to embrace, like you know. Only two weeks out from the league now, I suppose. How do you feel you're sorted going forward for that one? Ah, look, we're still missing six or seven key players uh, with medium to long term injuries, and um, so the league is a, a building process, like you know. Um, so, as I said on the thing there a few minutes ago, we're trying to build a culture, um, and then out of culture, hopefully get performances, and then out of the performances, hopefully get a few wins in that league, like you know.
3: And just speaking of building and injuries and things like that, Conor Sweeney is a big player for Tipperary and a player. That a lot of people in Tipperary will be wondering how he is at the moment. Could you give us an update on him?
4: Yeah, Conor's in the group and he's working away. Um, obviously, he had a serious injury and and um, you know he, he's trying to build his recovery and uh, we're trying to support that through that. But he's with us. He's in the group. Obviously, he's a legend within Tipperary football, um, and and we're anxious to have him back in, you know, as quick as we can into the pitch. But it's also very important that, given the serious nature of the injury, that um, you know he's 100% right when he returns. Do you have
1: any kind of a main thing as to when He might be coming back.
4: Look, that's a, It's an ongoing, um, like with with the likes of Mark Russell, etc., Connor. Um, you know, Stephen Quirk. Um, I could go on. There's a number of lads, and it's a process. Like, and you just have to take week by week, um, and and see where we get to. But hopefully, um, at some point during the league, stroke early championship, we'll have all those bad guys back. Like, you know, I presume at this
1: stage, uh, the league and promotion is your goal, right? Just right now, looking looking ahead.
4: Well, the first goal is to build a competitive group with the right culture, um, with a focus on playing the right style of football, uh, winning a few matches. And then, obviously, yes, um, it's a results-driven business, so one would like to do well in the league. There's no doubt about that. That's our intention. But you can't build on that if you don't have a framework.
5: Extra time on Tip FM. Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA Own Dillon Nina. OREA Stokes and Quirk Clan Mel. And OREA Seamus Brown Ross Cray. See realestatealliance.ie.
0: And you're very welcome back to Extra Time here on Tip FM. Paul Carroll filling in for Ronan Quirk on a very cold Monday, January the 15th. But I'm delighted to say I'm joined in studio here by Kieran Tui. Kieran has a very uh, impressive fundraiser set up in aid of the uh, Dylan Quirk Foundation. It's happening on Saturday the 27th of January in the local bar in Clonmel. Uh, Kieran, you're very welcome in here to the studio. Tell us about this. Uh, it's a brilliant event, uh, looking at it on paper here. Excellent,
6: Paul. Thanks very much for giving us the opportunity here tonight. Yes, we're organising a big fundraiser night in Ada Dillon Quirk Foundation. Uh, it's on the local bar in Clanmel on Saturday the 27th of um, January at 8pm sharp and we have um, a huge number of popular guests that are going to come on the come on night. We have Anthony Daly of Clare, Mark Landers of Cork, TJ Ryan of Limerick, Liam Sheedy, Tipperary Hurling winning Manager, Declan Ryan. John Lachey and, of course, Hobbits on the Wire. And we're going to have our MC on the night, which is Paul Collins, a man from Anacarty, uh, formerly of Today FM. So, yes, we have a great night planned in store and uh, we're really, really looking forward to it on the night
0: for a great cause, Paul. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, and sorry our microphone had a bit of issue there. It's uh, up and running now. But um, as you said, the 27th of January, this is a, a really impressive event and all for a very good cause, of course, the Dylan Quirk Foundation, and you know with that kind of star-studded lineup, you'd be paying kind of big money to uh, to get to an event like that. But ten euro, very very modest price here as well.
6: Yes, Paul. Um, look, we're, we're thinking of the ordinary man and the ordinary GA man. And it's after Christmas and we're coming to the end of January, and we're looking to get everybody involved. So the entry fee on the night is a 10 ten euro ticket, which with tickets on sale in the local bar, and I'll give you the details in a minute about that. But in with that ten euros. You're also included, Paul, in a fantastic raffle on the night where we have brilliant prizes, and I mean top-class prizes, and we're starting off... On the night with a pair of All Ireland Hurling final tickets. Uh, we have a four ball in Killarney Golf Club with an overnight stay. We also have a Willie Mullen Stable Tour, which will become in handy between now and Shelton, please God. Mm. Uh, we also got an overnight uh, stay in the Woodlands Hotel in the Day, sponsored by Conor Fitzgerald, a good Emmerich man. We also have a four ball in Balliniti, uh sponsored by John Lee, a golden man as well. Tip come to the fore. And uh, Punchestown Racecourse have also given us numerous tickets and maybe a meal as well for the May Festival so and we've many many more prizes Paul on the night so everybody has really rode in behind this and I suppose the special thing we have on the night as well is um, we're going to have an auction on the night for a signed Lionel Messi jersey which was sponsored by PepsiCo Donated to the foundation and uh it's gonna be a frame jersey. So that's a rare commodity on the 100%, night. So yeah. yeah, yeah. So look that'll involve maybe, you know, people get getting involved, dipping a bit heavier into the pockets and uh which would be great. So look, it's it's a fantastic lineup. Um we are really encouraging everyone local. I suppose the foundation has been magnificent in what it's done and it continues to do good work. And I suppose the south of the county really hasn't seen much of it, uh, whereas the west have. And I suppose it's a big fundraiser from the
0: biggest town to try and get people involved, Paul, really, you know. And that was kind of the idea behind behind organising this.
6: Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, we came together there, a few of us came together uh, a few months ago and I suppose a particular call out to a few people in particular, um... Uh, the local bar in Clamell, Brian and Leslie McLean, with Bodega, Michael Maher, the restaurant, and Paul Lucy. And we, had a, we have an engineering company, local engineering company here in Clamell, Peter and Nigel Forn, And, of course, uh, Stakelms and were very helpful to us uh, printing tickets and getting stuff. And, I suppose, on the club front down here in South Tipperary, Clamello got very heavily involved. And, I suppose, three people in particular I'd like to mention within that club was... John Crotty, Mark Gregory and Stephen Aylworth who really rode in behind this initiative at the beginning and I suppose are really driving this on a local level and I suppose we urge all local clubs to get involved over the next 10 days, it's only €10, Euros. fantastic raffle you'll never get this line up in Clamwell again I think um, I, I see numerous nights like this held in a day or in a dare manner and they're looking for fifteen €60, Euros. we're looking for €10 Euros into a raffle and even if you can't come on the night we urge people to buy the tickets and you're into the raffle, really, you know? Yeah. Which would be great. All,
0: all in aid, of course, of the Dylan Cork Foundation. So, Saturday, January the 27th uh, at 8 o'clock in the local bar here in Clonmel. Tickets, 10 euros, we mentioned. Can you buy them on the night? You yeah, need to buy them you, online? You,
6: you can buy them uh, before the night, hopefully, uh, out of the local bar. You can contact myself on 087 141 7088 or kptuohy at gmail.com. Um, look, technology is our friend as I say, um, people can revolute we can scan you a copy of the ticket, we can show you the stub, you are going to the draw um, if you can't make it on the night I would urge people to get involved and I suppose already, just to give a flavour of what have happened Paul, I've got numerous calls and emails from Cork, Kerry Galway, Kilkenny and people are coming and are staying at Clamel Park Hotel and places, so it's just, it has reached out and I suppose a big thank you to everyone that's got involved in it and particularly the guests, you know what? They're giving their time. Anthony Daly's travelling from Clare, Liam Sheedy from Tip, Mark Landers from Cork, and our own local lads, Declan and John and Bubbles and Paul. Mm. All of those are going to make it a great night. And look, we aim. Our aim is to hopefully raise ten thousand on the night. And you know, we, we aim to get there. Please God, with the online raffle and the auction. And I suppose the next best thing then, the next day, if you're feeling sick or tired, is to head to Torless to see Tip and Limerick in the Dylan Quirk fundraising match as well. So look, it's all for a great cause. We appreciate, we'd love everyone to get behind her, particularly local in Clamel. You know, the, the clubs Reach Out, Mile Rovers, Clarehan, Grange Mokler. all these clubs, Art Finan, local clubs at Clamel to stamp our authority and, and show a bit of support for the foundation. It would be magnificent. That's a, that's a Ray and Paul okay
0: brilliant Kieran. thanks for joining thanks us here in the studio and a uh, reminder again Saturday the 27th of uh, January at 8 o'clock in the local bar in Clonmel so Kieran Toohey thanks for joining us here thanks
6: very much Paul. Thank
5: you. the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month with the Talbot Hotel Clonmel multi-award winning wedding specialists with state-of-the-art leisure facilities and spa with food served daily the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month get your nominations in now
0: Yeah, nominations are open for the January uh, winner of the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month. Now, we switch focus now to rugby, and a massive game held in Nina over the weekend was Cashel against Nina, the reverse fixture. Cashel uh, suffered defeat to Nina just before Christmas in Spafield. However, they got revenge in Nina on Saturday afternoon, uh, handing Nina their first defeat of the season. And I'm joined on the line by Peter Silk of Cashel Rugby Club. Peter, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you, Paul. Big win for you, Peter, Uh, up in Nina on Saturday. 20 points to 13. It finished up, but uh, by the looks of it, an unbelievable first-half performance from Cashel. Halftime lead of 17 points to three. Talk to us about this game. Uh,
7: Yeah, another cracking game, Paul. Um, You know, I think Cashel were a little bit sore, I suppose, after the defeat at home uh, on the 16th of December. So they had three or four weeks to uh, get their act together, and obviously they used their time well because they were well-prepared for the return match in Nina on Saturday. Um, and, you know, another cracking game. A huge crowd, a tight game, really top-class rugby, um, tough, hard hits and all of that, but a very fair contest. But uh, I think Cashel did the damage all right in the first uh, It took them 18 minutes to get the first goal. They got a penalty uh, on the 22, Ben Toomey kicked it over. Uh, and then a um, uh, handling by one of the Nina players on their 22. There was a scrum to Cashel, and uh, Cashel really dominate. They didn't dominate the scrums, but they were on top, let's put it that way, mm. a little bit. And uh, they, they won a penalty in the scrum, kicked to the corner, set up the mall, and Nina collapsed the mall, so they got a penalty, a penalty try. Now, so they were 10 0 up at that stage, but they gave away a penalty to Nina immediately afterwards. Uh, so it was 10-7, approaching halftime. And then they got as good a fire as I've seen the whole season, really. Uh, Tom Tobin on the wing got a ball and he went flying up the wing, passed it into James Ryan. Uh, and James made, it, made his way into the 22, offloaded to Kevin O'Connor. And Kevin had three or four lads chasing him. and he Just made it over the line, under the post, and another seven points. So it was 17-3 at halftime. But, uh, you know, Cashel knew well that the second half was going to be a different story because Nina, they weren't going to lie down and, and let Cashel run away with the game. And within two or three minutes, they had a try on the, on the board themselves to make it 17-10. Uh, and really, it was, it was a ding-dong battle from there, you know. Mm. Yeah. Two big packs really having a go. Uh, and in fairness, both teams were prepared to run the ball as well. Now, uh, Nina had a very good kicking game. And they almost got in for another try. Um, uh, they got the try just after halftime from a, a kick-through, caught by the winger, and he was in in the corner. And they almost got another one halfway through the second half. Very similar kick. But uh, unfortunately for Nina, the, the, the winger just happened to knock on the ball, and Cashel cleared their lines. Then Cashel went 10 points ahead with about 20 minutes to go. They got a penalty. Uh, Nina was caught offside. But with 10-15 minutes to go, Nina got a penalty uh, on the 22, kicked it, uh, which put them within seven points of Castle. And that got them, uh, at the end of the day, it got them a very valuable losing bonus point, uh, which Cashel had got in, in, in the reverse fixture uh, back in Cashel. Yeah, so no. really, I suppose, uh, when you think about the two matches, there were two top-class games, but at the end of the day, there were only three points between the two teams in the overall combined score, which was just phenomenal. Um, but it's you know it's a good standard of rugby, Paul. Uh, it was a cracking game, but it was vital really for Castle that they won that game because if they didn't, Nina could have got 10, 11, 12 points ahead uh, in, at the top of the table. As it stands, they're five points ahead. Uh, they, they're still in pole position for promotion of the automatic promotion spot. But, but, you know, there are eight matches left and somebody else might... Uh, inflict another big uh, defeat on them, which would obviously be helpful to cash, you know?
0: Yeah, no, it's a, it was a huge result, as you, as you said there, because if, if Nina had won that, they could have pushed out to kind of a double-digit advantage over Cashel in second place and would have been you know in a very, very strong position. But they're still top of the league, and Nina with nine wins from their first 10 games. I think if you offered them that at the start of the season, they definitely would have taken it. So 41 points for Nina in first place, but Cashel now uh, hunting their heels on 36 points. Next up for Cashel, the home game next Saturday, at half past two against Old Crescent. So I suppose for for Cashel now, it's about uh, building on the momentum they built last Saturday.
7: Well, this is it. Like, uh, you know, there are a few the good teams in there. I was just looking at the league table. Hall are in third position. Um, Now, they've lost a few games, but they have 10 bonus points. You know, they have six try bonus points. They have four losing bonus points. So they're scoring tries. uh, And, you know, they could take out... um, they could take out Nina. They could take out Cashel. Uh, we did beat them up there before Christmas. Uh, but they're a tough side. We had a very tough game against Navin. So, you know, there are a few good teams still left. It's not just a two-horse race. And I think both clubs need to be careful that, you know, they under, that they could underestimate one of the other teams. But um, I think it's a great league. Uh, Old Crescent had a big win at the weekend over UL, UL Bohini. And so are in fourth position. So you know, any team is capable of taking out another team uh, on the day. So both teams, in the, both the Tipperary teams, need to be very careful that um, you know they don't underestimate some of the teams that are further down the, the table. So it's a long road, Paul, before. Uh, we come to the end of the season. So, a lot of good rugby to be played, to
0: be honest. Yeah, brilliant stuff. And uh, elsewhere in Division 2C, Clonmel suffered defeat. Uh, They were away to Enniscorthy. That one finished up 45 points to 21. And uh, also then, Munster had a great win over the weekend, 29 points to 18. But, uh, Peter, we will catch up in due course. And uh, thanks for joining us on the show. You're right, Paul. Thank you.
5: Extra Time on Tip FM Brought to you by your winning local team At Real Estate Alliance Orie Own Dillon Nina R.E.A. Stokes & Quirklan Mel And OEA Seamus Brown Ross Cray See realestatealliance.ie
0: now We're going to switch our attention to Camogie now, and there is a massive game in Littleton on Saturday afternoon. Ursuline Tharless took on presentation Tharless in the Munster Senior A Schools Camogie final, and it was Ursuline who have recorded back to back titles, 114 14 point win over their uh, near town rivals, or same town rivals, I should say. And uh, Geraldine Cannan joins me on the line to speak about that. Geraldine, welcome to the show. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, Geraldine, it was a great occasion, I suppose, for, for Tipperary Camogie on Saturday and uh, a great occasion for Thurlis, but it was Arsline who proved the, the stronger of the two uh, Thurlis outfits there on Saturday.
8: Yeah, look, it was fantastic for Tipperary Camogie and and a credit to, to both schools to have two Tipperary teams in a, in a Munster final. Um, Arseline, you know, went in as, as holders and held on to their title. Um, looked, a large crowd turned out, I suppose, as a, a local derby and uh, you know a big crowd turned out to Littleton Littleton was in fantastic, uh, fantastic venue for the match and the pitch was in great condition for the time of the year and uh, you know I suppose everyone that was there were, were treated to a really uh, exciting game uh, Arsenal started the brightest got three points went three points up after six minutes, and you know they 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 never fell behind after that. Um, presentation levelled it a few times, but I suppose Ards probably were always in the driving seat, and you know the players were kind of chasing the game after that quick start from the Earthline. Um, but it was a really good first half, and but Ards probably had a bit more firepower up front with like the Queva, uh Sarah Cork, and all getting on the scoreboard. Ava Beavins chipped in with a point, Danielle Ryan. So they, they, they led a half time seven points to five. Um, but the third quarter, you know, presentation probably had their best, best spell in the third quarter. Like Sir Rachel, Ralph, Kate, Ralph, Lucy O'Brien, all chipping in with scores. And, you know, the sides were level at the end of the third quarter, nine points apiece. So it really wasn't a melting pot. Um, but Cueva Stake, I a mean, fantastic young player for Torres she stepped up and got a great goal, a great individual goal. Um, blasted to the to the back of the net, gave Molly O'Dwyer no chance in, in the McCarthy goal or in the uh presentation goals. But in fairness presentation they didn't die down and they kept at it and we the right ding dong of a final of a final quarter. But uh, it was Erstein held on for that for that three point lead and you'd have to say we're deserving deserving winners in the end.
0: Yeah and uh this, this Ursuline group of players you said the, the last quarter being very entertaining that seems to be the kind of theme because as you named off some of their players there my mind went back to a couple of years ago and watching the, the Junior A um, all was it the All-Ireland Final where they were down by they were down by 13 points with a few minutes to go and managed to to come back and get a draw and win the replay so this is obviously a, a special group of players in Ursuline
8: Yeah look and you'd have to credit uh, Olivia Hogan the manager there and you'd have to give her huge credit she's putting huge work uh, into the Camogie, in the school, in the Ursula, You know, I suppose they were well-known as a hockey school and, you know, they're good at all sports, but I think they're nearly stand out as a Camogie school now with the with the work that's gone in by Olivia and the results they've had, like you said, at junior and, and senior level. Um, this is their... I think it was their third Munster Senior A title in four years. So that's an incredible achievement. And, um, you know, they have a fine group of players. And you'd have to say the clubs as well, feeding into the likes of McCarkey, Turtle Sarsfield, Borland, Holy Cross, all, all contrib- contributing great players into that team. Canonity as well, the two captains there were from Canonity, for Burke and, and Kate Forncom. So look, a great spread of clubs um, and, you know, some fine young players there. And, you know, you'd, you'd have to say. Um, you know, it was. It was. I suppose it was a great advertisement for Comolegan to Tipperary on Saturday.
0: Yeah, and, and what's next now? First line, I'd imagine an All Ireland series is coming up in uh, in due course.
8: Yeah, the twenty seventh. I'm hearing the twenty seventh, but so that would be Saturday week. Um they have a home draw actually against the presentation of Atnary. So that's the big one, I suppose. They they uh, they fell short last year. They lost the All Ireland semi final. So uh, you know, a lot of that lot of the team is same again. You know, I think they kind of surprised themselves winning last year. They were still quite young. I think this is the year now. The, the hopes drive on and uh, get past the All Ireland semi-final stage. Um, I think a couple of years ago was the presentation at N'ray Beach Castle, Castle yeah. in the All Ireland final. Yeah. So look, they're obviously a very strong Camogie school as well. So don't know too much about them, but um, you know, definitely home advantage will will be a, a huge advantage, and hopefully all of Tipperary get behind them. They're that day.
0: And a lot of the players that were on show on Saturday, um, the, the Tipperary Minor Camogie panel was announced uh, during the weekend. Their championship, the Munster Championship, gets underway very, uh, very soon. Is it this coming Saturday? So it's a very early start for the, the Minor Camogie team.
8: Yeah, very early, I suppose. So, as you know, the Munster and the all Ireland Championship are two separate competitions. And I suppose other years they played the all Ireland Championship first and Munster came after, us, which certain something I wouldn't have been in favour with because, look, when the all Ireland is over, I suppose that's the number one team. It was hard to kind of get geared up again for a Munster competition. But it is better that it's beforehand. But obviously it's very early. It's, it's The first round is this Saturday. It's a Munster semi-final against Cork, the Munster champion. So it's a tough, tough opening game. And... Um, you know, in fairness, John Ryan has his p- panel assembled. But like that, with so many involved in schools and with Club Camogie not long finished just before Christmas, it's probably hard hard to uh, prepare for it. But uh, they're playing Carter at home this Saturday, a half one in the County Camogie grounds. And like you said, a lot of players involved uh, from the schools, a lot of probably that were against each other uh, on Saturday will be playing alongside each other this coming Saturday for their, their county. And look, that's the great thing about sport and about schools, Camogie. You know, they are playing... I suppose against some of your club mates and some of your county mates, and uh, you know, but like you said, definitely there's names popping up up there, and uh, they're kind of, I suppose, definitely players to look out for in the future. They're doing very well, whether it's at schools or clubs or or county minor panels.
0: Yeah, which is which is a great sign for the future. Uh, Geraldine Canan, thanks for joining us on the show. Uh,
8: Thanks very much, Paul.
0: Brilliant stuff, Uh, Geraldine Canan there, Tipperary Camogie Puro, looking back on what was a big weekend and a a big Saturday afternoon for Tipperary Underage Camogie there. Um, Now we're going to switch focus uh, to soccer, and Barry Ryan is on the line. Barry, welcome to the show. How are you, Paul? Barry, uh, I must start with uh, commiserations. I suppose you're a teacher inside in the presentation in Thurlis. It didn't go your way against Ursuline. We were just talking about it there with Geraldine, but uh, a proud day for the school, no less making it to a Munster final.
9: Yeah, look, an absolutely rip-roaring contest in Littleton on Saturday. An unbelievable advertisement for Camogie, uh, particularly Turles Camogie, two schools in the Harty Cup final of, of female Camogie. And look, the two big talk combines for me, it was worth five euro at the gate to come in and see Quiva Stakelund's goal. It's as good as you'll see in any game, and it deserves to win it. And I think we would be the first to admit that made the Duras line were the better side. Uh, our girls were dogged and hung in there um, and made a brilliant final of it. And the other thing, and I was delighted Geraldine mentioned her, Lucy O'Brien was the talking name of a load of people coming out of the game on Sunday and far Saturday and a lot of the talk today in school as well from people how brilliant she was in the game. But not named in Tipperary Minor camogie panel, an absolute anomaly. So I would say I hope that I hope that mistake is, is um that someone would hold their hands up and that we would see a change to that panel in the coming weeks or whatever, because Lucy in the Hartley Cup final showed showed where she's at, so look. I hope I hope we might see something on that
0: yeah definitely and uh, uh just uh before we switch off from camogie and uh, congratulations going out to our ladies in templemore they were in a munster uh, camogie final as well and won over the weekend so uh fair play to everyone involved there in our ladies in templemore we're going to switch to soccer now barry and um i had a busy day yesterday between doing the tip match and then i was watching the united match after that and things like that so i wasn't keeping an eye on the scores locally until um just uh today and uh it was an eyebrow-raiser, seeing one of the results here from the Camel Credit Union uh, Premier League over the weekend at Peak Villa nil, Care Park 2. So that has thrown a bit of a spanner in the works.
9: Yeah, look, I suppose that was the result that made everybody stand up and take notice. It was a huge shock. Um, I suppose I've referenced several times at Ronan over the last few months, and particularly in early September, he put it to me, who I thought would win the league. And I said I felt St. Michael's would win the league when the transfer window had closed that weekend in September, purely because of the squad. Peaks Villa, 11 or 12 players would match anything in the country, and I mean anything in the country. Pike Rovers, Villa of Waterford, any of those sides. But when they ship a couple of injuries or lose a couple of players, the drop-off drop is too big to try and win a league because they're going to be missing players throughout the season. Uh, and that proved to be the case at the weekend. They were down Key cal who's absolutely instrumental. They were down Evan McCormick, who's d- developed into one of the best defenders in the county without a shadow of a doubt. Pippi uh, Carroll came off with a tie injury, and all of a sudden you know, they, they can't afford to ship those kind of knots when you're operating off 11 or 12 players. And that's what cost them in the end. But it's also important not to focus too much on Peak Phillip because for care, it's another unbelievable result for Shane Ferris and his men. Um, and, you know, huge credit to them because they're now, they're now fighting in and around trying to break in from top three to top two.
0: Yeah, and it's a, a huge result for them, and uh, it's a, it was a big result, I suppose, for St. Michael's as well, who are going uh, battling for the title, as they always do, and they had a 5-1 home victory over 2 Mile Boris, so uh, they were able to, uh, I suppose, um, capitalise on that uh, result there in Thirlis.
9: Yeah, and look, do you know what really kind of summed up that one as well? St. Michael's had Riesel Regan on the bench, they had Shane Ryan on the bench, they had Ed Dwyer on the bench, they had Sean Gearns on the bench. Like, you know, to be in a position, snow club in the country probably would be in a position to do that and win the game 5-1. But if that's what we're talking about, is that squad depth that no injury is going to cost them this season because they have a player at the same level for every position. Um, so to make, and Tumal Burris are a really good Premier League side, but to make those changes and still win 5-1, it's just, that's kind of where St. Michael's are at at the moment in terms of squad depth. And Paul Breen was back, got a goal um, for himself as well, so they'll be glad to see Paul Breen up and running now
0: yeah and uh clamell town your own club is a, is a team um, yourself and Ronan have have spoken a lot about on this show this season and it's usually been for for negative reasons i suppose but uh this is not one of them weekends It was a, it was a big uh, 6-0 win at home against a uh, cross town rivals
9: yeah, absolutely. It was great. Um, they built on their really morale boosting win against Oldbridge, uh, you know, a local derby and having kind of avenged a previous de- defeat to Oldbridge. And then they backed it up. And I was delighted to see Jake French Davis get a couple of goals because of all the to and fro and players that have kind of moved and different bits and pieces, Jake French Davis is up there with anything in the league. He's a top, top player that Big Filler St. Michael's would be delighted to have. Um, and I was delighted to see him get a couple of goals for himself because he, he is an excellent player. It was good to see Ben Brown get a couple of goals as well and Sean Kenny. So. Uh, Clonmel Town, look, they'll be delighted with that. It's kind of, you know, it keeps a little bit of momentum going and hopefully, some, like you said, a bit of positivity now going forward.
0: Yeah, and uh, the other result then in uh, the south of the county over the weekend was Clonmel Celtic with a 2-1 away win to Tipperary Town. So Clonmel Celtic, one of the three Tipperary teams that have a, a FAI Junior Cup game to look forward to this coming weekend. So that's a good way to, to prepare for that with a 2-1 away win in the league.
9: Yeah, and we're 1-0 down in that game as well, so even better to kind of come back from 1-0 down and to kind of get over the line. And like you said, really, really good preparation for the Malahide game at the weekend. Uh, Malahide probably a bit of an unknown, you know, at this stage of the competition. We haven't come across them in recent years. But look, any side coming out of Dublin will be decent. But Thomas Celtic with home advantage will will be, you know, really, really optimistic that they can kick on in this one.
0: Yeah, so we mentioned it there, but just before we, we, we finish up, um, just reflecting back on all those results now, and it's St. Michael's and, and Peak Villa for the last couple of years I would nearly see them nearly like the, the Scottish Premier League in terms of it's those two at the top kind of fighting for it so a, a defeat against um, a team outside of the top two is always going to be uh, particularly difficult for, for a team to recover but can Peak do you think recover from that? They're, if they're going to win this league from here now they're probably going to have to get a result against St. Michael's you think to uh, to recover?
9: Yeah. Look, I think Derek Leclerc, the big villa manager, is really, really experienced. He's won three Premier Leagues as a player. He was there last year with Ted when they won the league. So he's not going to panic and he's going, look, he will be the type that will say, look, this is where it's at. We need to win all our other games now. Nothing changes. It just means we have to beat St Michael's when they come to Turles. We have to do that anyway. But the difference now is by beating St Michael's, they won't be crowned champions. They would force a playoff. But he'll probably look at it like that. Say, look, right, so we have to beat him twice. Perfect. But let's put ourselves in a position now to take it to that last game. And, you know, that's what we have to do. But the key. Now is not to get caught anywhere else along the way. But if they can, if they can win the other game and take it to that game against St. Michael's, that's what they've got to do. And say, look, if it's a playoff, it's a playoff, it's a 50 50. Uh, it's still in their own hands. They're coming to Turles. So, look, they've got to take all the positives from it. They've been to Cook Park and got a result already. A lot of people said last season maybe they wouldn't be able to go and, and grind out the league, and they did. So, I suppose, look, they've just got to put it as a setback. they've be a huge FBI game this weekend. It's reset now again, game against Crumlin, which, you know, even without Pippi Carroll, who will be injured this weekend now with a quad injury, it's Crumlin's second team and I would expect Big Philhead to have too much that puts them into the last 16 of the FAA Junior Cup and it's very easy then to reset and start thinking about what's coming then again
0: yeah, I might uh, uh, speak to you in, in further depth on Friday about these games but we've three Tipperary teams in the last 32 the fifth round of the FAI Junior Cup Saturday St. Michael's are away to Hardwick United at 2 o'clock and uh, that's on Saturday then two games on Sunday Peak Villa at home to Crumlin United at 2 o'clock and Clamell Celtic at home to Malahide so uh, how, just uh, as quickly as possible, we'll talk in depth more on Friday night's show, but have we a chance of, of all these three teams going through or what way do you see it?
9: Yeah, I see all three going, going through, but St. Michael's have a really, really difficult game up, up in Hardwick. I was up there last year, Anto Perry's the manager, he's managing the Oscar trainer team of the AUL, which is actually Hardwick representing the Oscar trainer. Um, and they're into the Leinster semi-final. So Hardwick, as an actual Oscar trainer team, have come out of Dublin as well. So I bet the Leinster Senior League, they're a decent side. Very, very good attacking side. John Rock will be familiar to a lot of people with Sheriff United winning that Junior Cup. Signed for them in recent weeks. He's not cup side. They have uh, Travis flood point, front, who's a real goal machine, and Cain Byrne. I think St. Michael's will be a little bit too disciplined for them, and we catch them. But this crowd score goals and it's on a kind of a really, really bad asterisk, it's like a hockey pitch, it's a really, really quick surface. So there's a lot of elements there that you'd say there's a banana skin, but I think Sam Ikins will do enough, but it's not a simple type.
0: Yeah, so we'll we'll talk further in depth, uh, please God, on Friday evening, but for now, Barry, thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks very much, Paul. That was uh, Barry Ryan there, uh, looking ahead and looking back on what was a, a big weekend of local soccer here uh, in Tipperary. Uh, just before we go, a reminder to listeners, the January uh, is uh, the January Sports Star of the Month award is up for nominations now, so you can get your nominations into sportsstar at tipfm.com. And that is with thanks to the Talbot Hotel in Clonmel, and you can send your nominations to Sportsstar at tipfm.com. So that's just about all we got time for on the show. Thanks to Ian O'Connor, who, who produced. We're gonna have the news at eight, and then Carol Power will be on after that. So for this Monday even, it's bye for now.
5: Extra time on Tip FM. Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA ON Dylan Nina. OREA Stokes and Quirklan Mel, and Orea Seamus Brown Ross Craig.